0: Welcome to episode number forty nine of the Doctor Bank the Doctor Who podcast.
1: My name is David, and I'm here from Western Hirk Hello. Today we're gonna talk about the final episode of The Sunmakers.
0: Yes, and the um Lila is in the steaming chamber. The collector is talking to Hade. how there's some background noise of the condensers and interfering with the little uh, sound device they have in the chamber with her and her screams will be blocked out and he's very disappointed and Maren says well you'll be able to hear them over the intercom or something yeah but you won't get the nuances of the that the steaming provides like oh (laughs) how barbaric is that Um, and inside the chamber we see that the doctor and canine have gotten through the panel Um, the doctor um, puts his hand over Lila's mouth to quiet her once he revives her and then they um, manage to uh, get her out of the the container Um, back at the control they are coming up on the two minutes and they're worried about holding off the condensers for the doctor to get Lila out of there, and they use the, um, call button, or the intercom, and, um, we hear Mandel saying, doctor, you know, careful, we better get out of there, and we actually hear it broadcast in the central area where they are, um. Waiting to watch the execution. So, um, the collector hears this and tells Gather Haye that you know, did you hear that? Something's gone wrong. Go investigate. So Mandril and the other rebels in the control center hear noises in the vent, so they move the uh, the covering out of the way, and Leela pops out, and then the Doctor and K Nine. The doctor tells Mandel that the collector heard Mandel's warning to him, too. He told him not to use the device, the, um, the intercom system. There's a, a sound device in Leela's um, capsule. Bishop reports then that the, um, the air is clear and the PCM levels are a lot lower. The doctor asks about the um, public video system. And public address system, he says, "Well, you should use that to announce that a rebellion has been successful, and um that will drum up you know people for your cause if they think it's already a success. Um, so the guards come in, uh, armed guards come in to find out what they're doing, and they manage to take them over, grab their weapons. The doctor tells them to hold out in the control center, and uh, he's going off with Leela and K9 and wishes them um, good luck, because there's still a lot of work to do. The collector has been informed of this revolt, that there are workers out there that are not, that are refusing to get up and refusing to go to work. And he says, oh, they must be paid, they must have to pay with interest. Hate is ever the um, the yes man to the collector saying, Yes, your Normandy or your eminence and it makes me think of Your um, corpulence. Your corpulence. <laughs> other little phrases and he, he says them so quickly and so um, think of the word. Uh, so ingenuously, I guess. Really, it, you kind of miss some of the things that he says to him. Um, the uh, The rebels are inside uh, the control center, and they're hoping that the revolt is going well on the outside. So we see that in the outside world, the workers are refusing to work, and they are um, surrounding the guards. and Guards are not able to keep control. Some of the um, some of the people helping in the, the revolts and the rebellion are the other members of the underground crew of Mandrels. So the Doctor and Leela come upon a another guard as they've gone to um, the Collector's Palace. And the Doctor stops Leela from killing the guard. She says, but the last one that I spared the life of, he went away and told his friends, and that's how I got captured. He says, we'll just make sure that He doesn't get away. The doctor hypnotizes the guard. And then we discover it worked on Leela as well. So he has to, covers the guard's ears and says, wake up to Leela so that she can go along with him. Um, They go off and find the collector's computer room. And Leela says, oh, I saw him sit right here. And this was uh, his computer. and uh, She had watched him in that environment the collector uh, and Hade discuss the situation and um, the collector says that hate is too soft on them and the workers need grinding oppression to be productive and kept in line and uh, collector Hade wants more of the uh, collector's own guard who he calls the Internal retinue, and uh, c- the collector talks about he wanting to be the um, tax, cl- the tax general tax. I forget exactly the term, but the head tax collector, gather. Um, but because of the way he's handled everything, he, he doesn't think he's going to get that position. Uh, he says he's on a go- going to go back to his palace. Even though there's danger from the rebels, his internal retinue will he will have surround him and guard him as he makes his way back. The doctor is uh, looking at the collector's controls. Um, Lula tells him which he used to operate different things. And then she asks, Doctor, what is this? And it's a safe. So the doctor says, "Oh, it's you know, it's a secured door. It's a safe." And he fiddles with it, and he, Lila interrupts him, and he does some more, and Lila interrupts him, and he tries to explain, that, you know, what he's doing, and he says, "Well, it, they, you always whisper when you're doing stuff like this, and they make it always look so easy." Um, so he gives up and uses a sonic screwdriver to open the safe door, and it reveals a room on the inside. And they both go to go in several times and jam themselves up in the doorway. So um, they will turn to walk away as if they're not interested in the room. And Leela turns back to run inside and hits a force field that knocks her out. The doctor lays her down and says, Why are you not listening to me? You girls never listen to me. The announcement is made to um, the general populace that the rebellion has um, been successful. Um, The Collector and Haid and any company people and guards are encouraged to lay down their weapons and join their their rebel friends um, or the consequences. Um, The Bisham says how the, the PCM levels are even farther we see Marn in a breezeway and she is a ca- encounters some workers and uh, after the announcement she says I elect to join your your cause Cordo is uh, ecstatic that they uh, they've taken over and and the rebellion's going so well, and, um, what he say? Oh, death to the company, or something like that. And the others have to remind him that that was an announcement that the doctor said to, to put out there to, to spur things on. It's not really happened. So it's like, I think this, the PCM levels being so far down, have just elevated him to like a manic stage. <laughs> so. The others are maybe keeping uh, their head a little bit more. So outside on the the rooftop, the rebels are surrounding the TARDIS, and Gather Hade comes up there and he says, "Oh, what are you doing up here? And what he how are you know get away from that?" And they recognize that who he is and what he is, and they surround him and this group of rebels led by real um, unpleasant woman from Mandel's troop (laughs) who wanted Leela's skins Um, she incites the others and they they pick him up and they throw hate off the roof to his death the collector has made it back to his computer room and uh, the doctor is lurking around in the shadows and the collector says well at least don't make so much noise the doctor's got this chair like he's going to bring him with it. And uh, the collector says, well, it's, it was calculated that you'd be here. Um, are you come, Have you come to kill me? Um, the doctor says, no, I'll just to close you down. Um, so the controller gives him the prospectus of the company to tell him about it. And, um. He says it. oh, I could have you steamed, and goes to hit his button. And the doctor says, oh, no, I've disabled your little guard call button. So, he says, what do you really like? Now, tell me about this company. Where's the head office? So, he says, well, we're based on Usuri Usurianus. And the doctor says, oh, so that's that's who you are Um, and it turns out he's uh, from the planet and he's really a Usurian the doctor encourages the collector to tell him more of how they how he entered into how he took over Earth and humans and how he made a simple business deal and used it against them and how they planned to take over the Parts of the universe, anyway, by sheer uh, economic oppression. And the doctor says, "Well, why not just fight?" He says, "We tried war, but we discovered this was more effective." As they are discussing things, we see Leela awaken in the other room, the safe room. The doctor says to the Clefter that he'll just have to, to wake up to everything that's happening around him. Unfortunately, the guard hears the doctor say, wake up, and he wakens from his hypnotic state. So the guard comes in uh, towards the doctor. The collector opens a panel and has a plan B. He has a controller device that if he presses it, it will sprinkle, (coughs) uh, essentially shower poison, with, through all the sprinkler systems on the planet and kill everyone within minutes. The collector tells the guard to kill the doctor. But as he scuffles with the doctor, Leela has crept up on the other side of the computer banks and throws her knife and kills the kills the guard, to which the doctor says, nice throw. So the Collector is in great distress, and he puts in like he tries to put in a distress call to his home planet. The other rebels, Bisham and Mandrill, and Cordo come in. Um, Lila's happy to see Cordo, so happy and gung ho about the rebellion movement and such. And um, outside, there are others that are celebrating and saying, "Oh well." When we find the collector, we're going to just do the same as they did to Hade and kill him too, inciting more um, riotous feelings. The collector is saying, mumbling to himself and working his controls, saying, oh, we must liquidate. We must cut our losses and and run. This venture is a failure, and he gets smaller and smaller and smaller in, the, on his, in his chair and the rebels are tr- there to try to arrest him and he says, I don't think he's listening to you. He's trying to get out of this deal. And so we see that the this Usurian, the collector is reduced to a tiny speck of a green smudge I guess and um, he goes down in this metal seat of his chair that he's been sitting in this little wheelie chair that he never leaves and the doctor says someone says what if he gets out of there this is what we want if we plug it up so they put a a plug into the hole of his seat and now he's contained in this this chair the doctor tells him that oh you wouldn't want to see his natural form anyway it's like seaweed with the face or seaweed with the eyes and um, so they wrap up in the controller center the collector center and go out to the TARDIS and they all say their goodbyes and everyone's getting ready to depart and continue on with their, their cause so the doctor and Leela say goodbye. They enter the TARDIS, where Leela and K-9 are picking up the chess game. The doctor says how he he thinks he did something clever with the collector's controls, and has K-9 confirm that yes, it was clever. And he says K-9 reminds him of his last chess move. So the doctor makes the TARDIS shift violently, and the Chess pieces fly all over under the floor, and he says, oh, sorry, we'll, we'll st- restart our game the next time, and we end. <sighs> uh, I felt like the whole st- episode was kind of a whole lot of nothing.
1: The whole story was a whole lot of nothing.
0: At one point, the collector, when he's talking about the the revolt and how everyone must pay and they must pay with interest, is just going around and around and around in circles in his little wheelie chair. Like, <laughs> yeah. Really? You're making me dizzy. A um, lot of talk between them. That, you know, Some of it was kind of funny, but some of it. Like when uh, Haid is calling him your, your enormity or your immenseness. and makes me think of um, Mork and Orson. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Greetings. <laughs> your enormity, <laughs> your I immenseness. I have thought about it for
1: years. <laughs>
0: um,
1: yeah, it was very Mork like. Yes. Now that you've mentioned that.
0: And then the, he's just they're just ridiculous and they're, you know, the collector is this tiny little nasally man who says they must pay, they must pay with interest and that's how he talks and he has these weird little bushy but um, controlled Stopped little it. sculpted bushy black eyebrows and his little bald head and he's like green toned to his skin and it's like he, the ultimate accountant geek that just does nothing but crunch numbers, I guess, is how he's supposed to be. He's the collector of everything, running the company, making the prospectus and coming up with the the greater percentage of taxes for this or for that. Um, Which, from some things we heard on the news tonight while we were waiting for dinner, it kind of sounds like in normal wife. So I can see their points and their, in their um, satire, but it's just kind of tedious. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so the revolution goes on. I, I think it's it's funny that they, they, they talk a little bit about the PCM levels, this um, compound that causes them to be in this anxiety state, it mm-hmm. um, Cordos really is the one most affected. The other ones you know are monitoring the levels and they, they're feeling good about their rev- revolution and everything. but he seems to be feeling extra good about everything, like you know, maybe Cordos, the manic depressive of a group who have been depressed with this um, external chemical. Um. Uh, forced on them, and now that it, it's dissipating, he's like going to the high stage, um, thinking that everything is true and everything is successful, and that the revolution is just still beginning. You know, he's getting carried away with the revolutionary spirit. I guess. Yeah. Uh, but it seems a little manic depressive. When we first see him, he's trying to kill himself. So <laughs> it's kind, of, or when for when the doctor first meets him, he, he's trying to kill himself. Not when they first see him, but uh, yeah, that's it my impressions, and it was just kind of hard to get through this one.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a really. It's far too long to begin with. There's a lot of filler. Yeah. If you really pay attention, there's a lot of filler in this. Mm -hmm. And that never makes for a good episode. We've talked about that many times before. Mostly on Robert Holmes stories. Mm. I think.
0: Truth. I said I had something else that I say but I've forgotten. Um, it's interesting that the doctor goes to Lila after she's made her way into the rooms or the force field. To, Why do you girls never listen? <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that whole segment.
0: Yeah, it, it again, it was more filler, because why did she have to uh, be passed out just so she could come up and be well, able to kill the guard? I mean, and
1: honestly, why were they trying to walk through the door at the same time yeah. so many times? Yeah, was it three times? Really? Yeah, something like that. At least twice.
0: Um, yeah, that whole thing was just silliness. Um, and as soon as he says, you know, you girls never listen, thinking, what well, about Harry? yeah Harry was off with Sarah Dane sometimes, and he'd tell him to not do something, and he would do it and then there's some of the others in his previous lifetimes you know there's Jamie and um Ian yeah, Ben, you know, so it's not just the girls that don't listen to the doctor, granted there have been more female companions, but But that's why they're, they tend to be companions because they seem to be, they're strong enough willed people that he finds something in them that compliments him or, mm-hmm. you know, that he wants to be around at least for a while to travel with. Um, <laughs> stubbornness seems to be a trait <laughs> that they share
1: The companions or the doctors? Well, both. (laughs) They seem to...
0: They share it with one another, and they seem to share it with him, too.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: I don't think there's too many prop things that were... seemed faulty or anything. There was a big old... thick. I mean, the safe door was thicker than... Um, the vault doors I've seen and, and branches I've worked at was like twice as thick. as <laughs> Big I didn't vault. notice. like look like two, look like nearly three feet or something. But uh, didn't seem that heavy, of course, because nothing ever does. Um, they they didn't do a terrible job with opening the door though, slowly to make it seem like it was a very heavy door. Mm. But I think that whole section could have been cut out without any problem. Um, there's a part where the doctor is inside, and he hears the collector coming back to his computer room. And what's he doing with the little like the little squares on the wall? Like I don't know if that was like soundproofing, or
1: yeah, I don't know what he was doing with it either. He he, it struck me that he was examining it. Mm. But I'm not really sure why.
0: It's like it was sound baffling. Yeah. Like in a sound room for recording. Like there and this it's,
1: we've seen it before, it was the same as the Nerva Station record bank. Oh, okay. Sort of. That's yeah. what it looked like anyway. It may not have been the same, but it sure looked like it
0: could have been just painted a very day glow orange yeah very obnoxious looking but there was no reason for the doctor to be examining that except I guess it gave a place to hide but it could have easily just hidden another part of the room and really wasn't that necessary anyway because the collector seemed to expect that he'd be there he must have run some probability chart on this little research computer yeah to know that yeah odds are you were gonna be here so are you gonna kill me now I had a very classic scene where the doctor feigns um, interest and acceptance of the bad guy's plan to get him to elaborate Mm -hmm. you know oh tell me about this company you know Oh, well, how did you get control of the humans? Oh, well, let me tell you about that. We, you know, he seems proud of the fact that he made this, you know, horrific deal, business deal to um, move the humans to Mars and then slowly, eventually, uh, tap all of its resources and pretty much kill the planet, move them to Pluto, and then they're probably just going to leave them here to die once they decide to close up the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder how many people did not get the name of the planet oh, and yeah. the race that he is from
1: I bet a lot of people didn't
0: usually not something you hear very much of Mm-mm. nowadays outside of Shylock the Jew and Merchant of Venice right. as first and only real time I remember hearing <laughs> word and the, the, the idea
1: um, I think it's used in the Bible a bit too oh,
0: could be. Sure. Um, but I thought it was interesting might have been lost in some mm-hmm. but a, a nice little subtlety So it was also kind of um I don't know. I use interesting a lot. <laughs> um kinda of tongue in cheek a bit that um, the doctor tells how Kluxer needs to wake up to this and that and his voice carries over to the garden, the other room, and he takes it to wake up and come yeah. in to. Uh, <laughs> made for a kind of predictable plot device.
1: Well, does the doctor really need to hypnotize everybody all the time?
0: Yeah. Has it been a little while since he did that?
1: Since the last Robert Holmes story, probably. Oh. Okay. I don't mean to keep picking on Robert Holmes, but honestly, his stories are fairly routine. That way, you can almost always tell one of his stories because they um, everything in them happens the same way all the time. So
0: very formulaic.
1: Yeah, for him.
0: Yeah, he has certain formulas that he uses, and we see them because he did s- several mm-hmm. and we, we see it a lot. Yeah. And so we can pick it out. But the more multi-layered and complex and um, engaging stories that we've seen over the four doctors that we've been examining so far have not been Robert Holmes stories. Put it that way. Mm-mm. So, you know, they're fun enough, usually. You can get past the things that you know are going to happen. Sometimes there's some gems of some funny little things the doctor says or the idea is, is fun enough to get you through it. This one wasn't.
1: (laughs) No. No.
0: Um.
1: And honestly, I think it probably could have been. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how. But I think they could have done something.
0: Yeah. Plus, there's this. Well, you said the doctor hypnotizes people all the time. I was like, well, Leela either kill Lila kills them or the doctor hypnotizes them. So... Yeah. There's no in-between. Uh, not really.
1: No, not really.
0: The whole thing with the steaming and this dark twist to, you know, wanting to hear the screams and the subtleties of the painful screams. You know, it's just kind of... A weird, out of place, seems out of place to the story, and maybe that's what he wanted. He wanted something very um, different, huh? Roman. Yeah, (laughs) like yeah, could be. I hadn't thought about that. That's a good point. It might be the you know Colosseum, Mm -hmm. uh,
1: the bread and circuses
0: effect, huh?
1: The bread and circuses, Mm. I think, is how they often refer to it
0: this mundane tax collecting and uh, tax gathering company and the doldrums of the uh, drab lives of the workers with these punctuations of public execution (laughs) something like that I guess okay that I could understand fitting in, in in that way to draw that parallel but um <laughs> it almost seems a little too advanced for <laughs> just talking about robert holmes's formulas it almost seems a little too advanced i'm um, considering yeah um yeah <laughs> it's, it's kind, of, kind of funky but that makes a little more sense do you have anything else
1: no I'm just uh, glad the story's over
0: Mm. I I I know what I was going to say before how the rebels uh, led by the said the the very bitchy um, underworld underground Mm -hmm. lady from the the rebels of Mandrill's group uh is the one who instigates them to throw gather hate off the roof where Cordo was going to jump himself and now they throw hate over there.
1: That's a good point. I had forgotten that Cordo was gonna do that.
0: And uh, she's the one who says that, yeah, and when we find the collector we'll do we'll do him the same way. We'll you know, we'll get to him. So it was like this revolution to make their lives better is taken for some have taken a, a violent result mm-hmm. a violent turn which is a um, an important revelation to, to uh, showcase that that's how things can happen state so makes you think a little uh, a little rope spear mm. <laughs> if they had their way it might be a little reign of terror yeah, true oh but that was a different story mm. <laughs> so Anything else? Mm-hmm. Not really. What do you think of the the end or um closing in the the TARDIS? It's
1: the ridiculous coda that he feels he has to put onto every story. Once mm-hmm. <laughs> again, formulaic, Holmes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And you know, I don't know. I just don't feel like you have to return to the same scene from the beginning. No. You know, but he he seems to. Sometimes I can understand um wanting to revisit mm-hmm. something in, in the ending too before you go on to another story. Um but I don't think you have to every time. Yeah, don't have to show that again and continue as if they haven't been on this adventure in between right uh, it just doesn't have to happen all the time like that um, I would say that you know you don't I don't really care for him showing the doctor to be so childish but yeah you know, oh
1: like with the chest yeah. Yeah. yeah but he is I guess
0: In certain times It just
1: feels kind of wrong sometimes Yeah I don't think the doctor would be a sore loser
0: Yeah, and this is One of them where it just doesn't seem to fit There are many Instances of him being a little Cheerlish or childish um, Even with Starting with the first doctor um, Mm -hmm. And well into The 10th and 11th and Where we are now um but it just it just feels wrong. Mm-hmm. Wrongity wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and we never found out who the sun makers really were.
1: Well, they kind of talked uh the um controller
0: oh, the talks collector. about
1: it a little bit with the doctor.
0: Oh right. The collector does say something about the were they making the suns? Is that why? what the I What so. the workers were doing? It wasn't really clear what they were doing, but he says something about feeding the, the six suns or whatever, and then once that was done, they were going to move off to another planet. I did forget about that. So. I'm glad you, you picked up on that because it wasn't clear that that's what they were doing there. Yeah. Um, before we started, I was speculating that maybe the Sunmakers would be the rebels because they're bringing the light to the the, um, the rebels that would have been sequestered to um, living underground and never being out and that type of thing. But I was way wrong.
1: You were <laughs> right, way wrong.
0: We can, well, that could have been a little more clear that they were the Sun Makers themselves. Good. So. Okay. I'm done now. You sure? I think so.
1: All right. Join us uh, tomorrow when we talk about the first episode of our new serial, Underworld.
0: Cool. I just know we're closer to the key to time, so... <laughs> two more stories and then
1: we're all into the key to time. Which, of course, means two more stories with Leela.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So anyway, join us then and thank you for listening.